Testing one, two, testing one, two. All right, here we go. Hello world, I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 106th Church Mag Podcast. For those that don't know, I am as tone deaf as a bat. The biggest complaint you get is volume. You've got to understand that that, that's the attitude you have to have in all ministry. This week's episode is brought to you by Church Audio Training 101. Church Audio Training 101 includes nearly four hours of videos, study guides, and an ebook that is truly the best way to train your volunteers in sound. This training course is designed specifically for church volunteers. Everything your church team needs to know how to run a church service is taught here. Learn more about Church Audio Training 101 by visiting churchmag.press. That's churchmag.press. This week, Phil shares three tips for new church sound tech leadership. If you want to join the conversation, make a comment or ask a question, drop us your thoughts via Twitter using the hashtag CMAGCast, or email us an audio file to podcast at churchmag, or simply wave your arms in the air while shouting into your playback device. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast, and we promise you... We promise you that this episode will not be an hour long. In fact, we're hoping that we could maybe even um, squeeze this out to be even under 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15. I don't know. That's pushing it because we do need room for jokes. Always room for jokes. Always room for jokes. Um, real quick, before we dive into today's topic, um, I wanted to share a, a podcast review from Nubian God. He said, he he left a review a a five star review nonetheless Let's see one two three four yeah five all five stars um he said relevant topics with fun with lots of exclamation points um i think those are your for you phil definitely not jeremy um <laughs> made in the style reminiscent of hanging out in the green room before and after service these church map podcasts are not to be missed You'll feel like you are among old friends with their 80s to 90s vibe of video game and pop culture nostalgia, a major plus. Each week presents a variety of some of the most sophisticated yet unstructured topics, taking us to the heart of our motives in all things one might encounter in the work of the church. Truly a great podcast. Thank you, Nubian God. Guys, what do you think of that, huh? That was fun. That is fun. That is good. My heart attaches to the the part where he talks about how this is the behind the scenes aspect. I love that piece of it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I, I also like that he says it's it's sophisticated but completely unstructured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's like it's the church tech team talking after the church picnic, you know? Right. Hey, no, no, I said hey, I said church tech team, not church tech guys. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we cut it now, Phil. This time. We cut it now. I want to make sure. This time. All right, this week, um, you had brought up on the back channel, Phil, uh, and I think this is this is a, a topic that we can explore even further in the future in separate topics, but, um, you know, you're in a classic, awesome, small church, and your go-to sound guy either got burned out after being the only volunteer after 10 years, or, you know, got a job someplace else and they had to move out of state, or, you know, maybe there was a fallout. I mean, there's one of a million different reasons that this can happen. And I think a lot of churches find themselves in this position where suddenly they have to hand over the entire tech ministry or soundboard uh, ministry 
um, to somebody and it's like deer in headlights moment, right? Phil? Exactly. And and that was, that was my true experience at, at, at 10 to 13 years of age at 13 years of age. <laughs> Well, hey, when your dad's a pastor, you are you are always your draft card has been given to you at age two, mm-hmm. and I was I was quickly drafted into ministry. J- Jeremy, prep the counseling sofa. We may need it today. <laughs> hey, I'm a pastor's kid as well, so I'm right there with them, <laughs> right there on the sofa. <laughs> yeah, me and him need the counseling. The, the struggle is real, right, Jeremy? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, so Phil, in your experience, then what? You know, what do you do? Well, I, for me, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm, I'm going to give out, I think, three steps based upon my personal experience, okay? And I'm going to give them in a numerical order because it just lends itself well to a podcasting format, but folks can do this in any order, really, as long as they're done all within, you know, recent relative proximity. So even though you're doing one, two, three, they could do two, one, three, or three, two, one, or two, one, right. three. I just would leave too big, too big of a gaps between two or three or one. I mean, do them all pretty well quickly together, but... But I, first, first of all, for me, I found a mentor. Now, the mentor also kind of found me. I was put in the sound booth, and our organist, Jim, who I actually interviewed for a, um, a blog post a while back on Church Bag, he, uh, him and his son Josh have been in our, our worship and sound ministry for a long time. But uh, Jim uh, said, hey, look, I know you're nervous. I know you don't know what you're doing. Uh, he pointed out a few things. This means up. This means down. <laughs> this is a mute button. This, mute, this button's important. Uh, and then you know, a few of those things. And then he said, here, these are some walkie-talkies. You put, this on, you put this around your head. I'll put this around my head. If anything major goes wrong, I will talk to you on this and tell you what to do. Nice. And we did that. And th- those walkie-talkies broke. Uh, throughout a year or so, we bought, we bought a new set. And for, so for the first two years, three years of ministry, he was walking me through it live from stage. Uh, and he's playing organ, too, a Hammond organ and singing. Whoa. So this guy, is, he's really good at what he does. And uh, for, for two or three years, we did that. We did that. And then eventually they stopped working as well. And we realized, you know what? I don't really need the walkie talkies anymore. I can kind of, I'm more or less, I know what I'm doing now. But that's how we did it. Right. Plus you were 15 by then. And you're like, this walkie talkie thing doesn't feel cool anymore. It. Oh, it never felt cool. But I, I, that was never an issue for me. I, just, <laughs> I, I knew, I, I knew my lane. My lane was not the cool lane. So, you know, one thing, you know, one thing that we did um, in the church back in the States, especially when we began to bring on more volunteers. So while this, this might be helpful for somebody who's deer in headlights, it might be helpful to those that, um, you know, are trying to bring in new volunteers. One of the biggest complaints, and I think every sound person would agree with this this statement, that the biggest complaint you get is volume. Um, and as as you experience, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the actual volume. It has to do, you know, the the ampl- it has nothing to do with the amplitude, but it has everything to do with what instrument is being played. And how loud? It's, it's the adi- it's the attitude, not amplitude. Right, exactly. Because it's it's not that the electric guitar is loud; it's just that the electric d- guitar is disliked, so therefore it's too loud. Um, and so, exactly. So uh, the solution in our church was we bought a uh, a decibel meter. Yeah. And we had a sign in the sound booth that showed like the different decibel meters, like 80 was dial tone on a phone, and this was this, and this was that, and this is the healthy range. And then we had written with the range that we wanted um, the, the church worship services to be, and um, that was our that was our go to. And so periodically, what was your what was your ideal range? You know, I honestly don't remember. I want to say it was around it was 90. Okay, we're, we're hit, we hit around 92 in our in our sanctuary. Yeah, see. Just just right around yeah. there, and and like every song, 
or so we would check it especially if there's a lot of complaints we might do every song otherwise it was like kind of at the beginning of service kind of middle just kind of checking it every once in a while and it really helped because then when people complained even to the pastor the pastor would say well those guys have a decibel meter yeah right well and we've had that for a while and we are there's a great app out there we we use sometimes too on our phones that that works pretty consistently but uh it's funny you should mention the idea of the attitude versus amplitude because um when i ran sound i always ran the guitars heavy because we had because we had two old i don't say older fellows okay but they're definitely not like young punks up there playing guitar the one guy played a nice little bluegrass style uh, for for rhythm, it's just a very simple, just you know, almost I mean, just down home style. And the other guy on, on lead riffs, he would get like hit, almost Hendrix about it, okay? Because that was his era. Yeah, it was great. And so I would, I would run those guys a little heavy because they self they self edited. They they would get nervous and pull back. And so it was never too much guitar. Uh, it was always folks saying, "We want more piano." Like well, you're not going to get any more piano, so just chill, just deal with it. But it was it was that kind of, that kind of thing for for us but as far as the sound um it's the it's too loud complaint we had a um that's like four years ago eric um and jeremy you're there see somewhere aren't you still buddy you still there he fell asleep on the couch um (laughs) so (laughs) so the uh the the um we had a, a, a southern gospel group come in and perform and they had their own sound system they use which i appreciate because traveling groups tend to break speakers so they set their own sound system on stage and ran it themselves and they were at like 110 120 the whole time it was crazy loud but no one complained because it was the music that they liked and so we run our sounds we run worship like peak worship like 92 which really is not loud for a musical performance no i I believe the dial tone that you get on your phone is like 80 or 85 i was shocked with how 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 close it was decibel wise to 90 right and and it's and it's a it's a exponential scale so like 80 to 92 is actually a lot lot bigger gap than the sound system i'm just saying that but when 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 the same people that are complaining get on the phone they're like huh speak up i can't hear you exactly well then too the um the one of the people said, well, you're violating OSHA stuff by having it above anything above 90. And I go, no, no, no. that's for extended periods of time. This is it's 90, it's 90 yes, decibels exactly. for 20 minutes, 20 minutes of worship. And even that's not 90 consistent because some songs dip considerably. And then you go into preaching and preaching is like 60 decibels of that, even that much. Right. It's true. And that's not consistent either because no, no one no one can can project 60 decibels consistently just out of their voice while speaking except Donald Trump. Okay, well, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't mean to get us off track of your, your well-organized one, two, three tips. Hit oh, it, sorry. hit it, Phil. No, sorry. that was good. It was good. Okay, so number two um, is to uh, get some direction. So go to your lead pastor or your preaching pastor, whoever's most directly influenced by uh, the sound. And find out from them. Hey, there any, I'm the new sound guy. Um, and you probably either knew that or, hey, hi, I'm the new sound guy. And um, were there any problems you've been you've been dealing with that I, I could go ahead and address right now? Uh, are there any expectations you have for me? Get that cleared away. You know, figure that out. How best can I serve this church? How best can I help you uh, minister the gospel to people on Sundays and you know Wednesdays or whatever? Um, and go from there. And then once you've kind of cleared that up, if there's a worship leader who's not the pastor which is some churches the pastor does both but if you've got a worship leader go to that person and say hey what what are, are you guys having issues in the praise 
team? Like with the sound, what can I do to head those off? Or how can I be aware of some problem issues or some tricky spots with like, you know, monitors and feedback? What, what, what are some common problems you guys have been having and get some direction for how to move forward. Um, I would also, I would also add to that, Phil, if you, are in a position to be able to do this because I, I, you know, every situation is a little bit different. But if you're able to talk with the former sound person, yes, I, I, I highly recommend that because what I found will often happen is that when you when you meet with those people, you're going to get the rant. And yeah. let's 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 face it. What the sound guy wants to do is bridge the gap between you know the the musicians and the lead worshipper and the pastors and the people in the pews. You are a bridge builder between all those people because you know what? If sound was ran like the worship leader wanted, or like the pastor wanted, or that um, you know the 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 twenty year old in the back row or the sixty year old clear to the right, if if the sound was ran perfectly for them. Nobody would like it. Exactly. Nobody would like it. And so you have to kind of build bridges and gaps. And sometimes the sound guy knows what's best for people and they don't really know. Like, I mean, it, it's cla- it's a classic. I don't know what I just said there. It's, no, 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 you're, you're, you're right. You're right. But it's a classic situation where, where, you know, people are like, well, I need more of my monitor. And then you just ring around the rosy. And before you know it, everyone's maxed out on their monitor because they want to hear me. They want to hear me, me, me. I can't hear myself. I can hear myself. It's, it's, it's the classic Steve Jobs. You don't know what you want until I tell you what you want. Right. Exactly. So I will say when you do that, don't go into it naively, like making a list because you're, you, you're you're going to really hurt yourself right out of the gate. But at the same time, having that open conversation, like you said, being like, I'm here to help you, you know, help me help you, help me help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it really be, creates a good rapport because I will say stereotypically, the worship leader, sound guy, there's, there's always been kind of like a riff. I've always felt between the two and there doesn't need to be. Right. I think it's a, that's a good clarification, Eric, because my general point was, is to, if you're beginning a ministry, approach it immediately with a servant's heart and clarify that with leadership. And if you yeah. do that and they give you some unrealistic expectations or they give you some sort of like, well, here's a, here's a problem. Why is it always doing this? And you go back and you look into it and you figure out, well, it does that because that's the equipment we have and we can't, we can't do what you want. Then by having gone that first initial, like, I want to serve you, and serve this church, I think you've set a tone to where you go back and say, hey, pastor, I looked into what you're talking about, and here's the problem. Here's the root of the problem you're seeing. And that one, but I agree. You're going to get some unrealistic. And that's why I say go to, go to the pastor and the worship leader to try and get perhaps two halves of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But if, you can get, if, the, if the previous guy is available to talk to, get his opinion, but understand he's probably frustrated <laughs> if he's not doing it anymore. Yes. Yes, exactly. 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 Number three, Phil. Number three, last one. This is the one I did not do. Okay. So this is the one I'm learning. This is learn from my mistakes. Immediately look for a replacement. Oh, crap. Hold on. My audio is messing up. Let's see if it can bounce out. It's like a freeware thing I'm 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 using, and every time it asks for a donation, I'm thinking, you know, I would give you a donation if it wouldn't if it didn't start doing this. Anyway, I digress. Okay, number three. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> number three, and this is the one I did not do myself. So please learn from my, my mistakes. Immediately begin looking for a replacement. 
Now, if you're brand new to church tech and into church sound, you may not necessarily know all that you're, all, all that all all that needs to be done. But I can tell you right now that at some point you're stepping down from this ministry, and so you need to have people in place who have who have learned with you, who share maybe not your opinion on music, but share your vision for ministry and share your desire to serve and to and to help you know advance the gospel. So you need to have people in place to replace you. And it was a great phrase. I think it may be Craig Rochelle or somebody else. If you always looking for placements, you'll always have a place. And you'll always find a place of ministry if you're finding people to come in and and take over from you. And I think that that's where we, we need to do a better job of finding recruits. And to, to tip to last week, this is where eyes open, look for people who are interested, no matter who they are, and no matter you know what you might assume about you know that their per, that their person. Yeah, and that's something that I think we've we've touched on before or you know like a lot of times dealing with leadership is you know working yourself out of a job is what you want to do um and i think that's excellent advice because it, it does take a while to to develop teams it takes a while to to do all these things so start start right away um so that you have you know either somebody that can co-lead with you or that like you said you can eventually hand over and then there isn't this deer in headlights uh, effect. It's somebody that can just slide into place, and there's there's no speed bumps whatsoever. Then it turns you into not only a servant, but now you're a servant leader, and it's it's building you at the same time. Um, I think the only thing that I so I am for those that don't know, I am as tone deaf as a bat. So soundboard is something I can do with volume, but pitch and everything else I can't do. And that's tone deaf. I mean. Don't they use sonar? To- That's the probably the worst example, isn't it? Um, what what is deaf? Is it blind as a bat? Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's blind as a bat. You're deaf, deaf as a you're you're deaf. Like I'm, I'm better than said Jimmy Hemrick. Um. Anyways, let's cut all that. Bro, let's let's let's, let's put whoa, 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 pause. Let's play this game. Crap. Let's play this game. <laughs> what is something that's stereotyped as deaf? Let's pause here real quick. I think deaf. I might I might be the example here, so I can't yeah. I don't have an illustration. It's he's, just me. he's as tone deaf as Jeremy. <laughs> I don't want to offend our deaf listeners. It's really bad, and it's not like I was in choir for four years in high school and then tried to do it in college. Um, so I. Yeah, Jeremy, were you in Glee? Oh, I was in for four years, absolutely. Oh, Jeremy! In fact, in fact you know where Glee is based out of? No, I Lima, watched that show. Refuse Lima, Ohio. So it was basically based off of us. Oh, Jeremy! Yeah, because we were. Which like, character are you? Which character are you? Which which character are you? <laughs> so I get that. I get this asked a lot because of hearing them from Lima, Ohio. So I always like to make the joke. I'm the guy in the wheelchair, and they're like, "Wait, what?" I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> so you make so so, Jeremy. You make fun of people in wheelchairs. Absolutely, it's hilarious, isn't it? And apparently, the deaf. <laughs> so so, I have offended all women everywhere, and Jeremy's offended all those who have been uh, uh, handicapped or just is, is disabled preferred. I don't even know anymore. I'm and I'm still winning. I'm still winning. <laughs> Proportionally, Jeremy is still winning. I've got fifty-one percent of the human, human race hating me. So, I just have a dark spot in my soul. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> 
So for me, it's not about necessarily the training or the equipment or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, I did run sound when I was in college. And I think that's the perfect mentality of this idea of transition because the people running the, the sound are the students. And so at least every four years, someone is going to be doing something new at most. It's going to be every six months because classes change. And so that person can't run sound anymore. So I think having developing that workflow of how the, the people are running it and what the equipment does and just like the little quirks about things. Cause sometimes the room's not set up perfectly for sound and um, at the same time, making sure everything is wonderfully labeled and, as you had said, Phil, always have a backup because even if it's just a matter of you're sick, but it could get to the point of being burnt out or it's just new season on life, you will be replaced. And so I think the overcompensation of that process, you're going to feel it with that new person. And so I think it's always good. That's a great time to not rock the boat with the whole system in general, but maybe to start identifying what it is that you're doing because you might not have that luxury of the previous person and then start to ask why. And so as soon as why questions get asked, why in the world do we not do a sound check 20 minutes before, but we do it two weeks before or whatever, you're going to start to tease out things that maybe aren't best practices. Well, I guess that's it, huh? I guess I got, I got overwhelmed with the, the wisdom and the insight there. Because, again, that's the thing, honestly, too, that a lot of times in church tech, and this is where I think church tech guys are the are the most biased. It's And I said guys, I shouldn't have done that. Church tech can get, get experience the most bias when it comes to, like, like skilled and unskilled. Like, oh, you don't know how to do this. Well, it, no one knows until they're, they, they're taught. And, like, I was totally untaught when I came into it, and I learned. And I'm not saying I'm amazing, but I can oh, I you're work amazing, my way around Phil. a soundboard now. You are amazing. Well, let's go. Let's go there. But – and I'll be honest, yeah, it's definitely not my natural skill set. I have no idea how to fix a speaker or an amp. I'm literally on my own on that kind of stuff. But I can set up a sound system and run it fairly well. But no, I would never get a chance because I'm not like, naturally inclined to that kind of stuff. And someone just said, you know what? I, I can take you because you're willing and I can mold you. And I think Jeremy's got a great point there. It, it, you've got to understand that, that that's the attitude you have to have in all ministry. That's true. It's true. You, you're also good at being tall. That's true. I am incredibly tall and you, I am. You are no. incredibly naturally inclined. Yes. At being I am tall. naturally inclined to defy gravity. My, I, my, my posture is like a giant middle finger to gravity. Good luck ending that one out, Eric Dye. And that is how you end the podcast. <laughs> you give gravity the bird. If you have something you want to talk about, tell us. Visit our new webpage at churchmag forward slash podcast. You can search for previous podcasts, find episode links, subscribe, and more. That's churchmag forward slash podcast. Until next week. The Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. Every time I should say that you guys are probably sometimes the most naturalist, funniest at all. Am I recording it? No, I am not. <laughs> <laughs>